here we're thriving real quick funny thing happened this morning so katie sent me on instagram this like blogger chick or whatever was doing like where she got her new room decor from uh-huh you know, that stupid shit swipe up to shop kind of thing uh, yeah and, um and the she linked the company of the person that made her bed and it's called heaven's gate oh no like, oh, oh no 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 think that through no 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 like come on man it's That's like funny. heaven's gate it was like simple like heaven's gate furniture or something it was something like that no like, no Everyone knows what Heaven's Gate is. <laughs> Everyone knows. I mean, maybe younger people don't. I mean, I, maybe, but like, you didn't, okay, I always know, like, I've always thought, for example, when we were naming the podcast, I Googled Big Easy Spirits to make right. sure that like nothing else popped up or like, you know, whatever. Why would you not Google the name Heaven's Gate? Like, give it a Goog. Give what it a small Goog. And the first thing that I'm telling you, let me, I'm going to Google it right now. Yeah, Google it right now. See what's Heaven's Gate. It's got to be that religious group. The first thing that comes up is two Wikipedia things. First is Wikipedia. Oh. Oh, he does not like the name Heaven's Gate, apparently. Hugo, chill out. Um, the two things that pop up, for, or two Wikipedia articles. One is Heaven's Gate, the religious group. The second one is Heaven's Gate, the film, like about the religious group. Right. Hold on. Um, yeah, how, like, all you have to do is give it, give it a slight goog, and you see this man's crazy ass face just popping up with his big old bug eyes i'm like come on y'all come on no yeah. i don't care i get i think it's probably one of those like you know it's probably a religious thing but still i'm like y'all give it a goog man because now somebody's gonna type in heaven's gate trying to find your furniture and ain't that ain't gonna pop up oh no what oh. what if somebody's trying to find your furniture and then they join a cult because they Googled it and then they're in a cult. Well, you know, come on. That's a very uh, unfortunate name. No. Such an unfortunate name. Uh -uh. Like, oh, homie. No, no. No, no, no. No. So that happened this morning. Had to get had to tell you about that one because I was That's pretty funny. I know. I'm like, I I cackled. I was laughing so hard. I was, I couldn't even, I couldn't deal with it. It was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny um but in other news I've, yes. i have news this today i don't oh. usually but i have news right. i got my letter to get my covid19 vaccine yay the girl's gonna get vaccinated that's awesome um however uh so i have to get off of my medicine for like a certain time for my arthritis um, which is going to suck, probably won't be as um, jolly in the next couple of weeks as I am today. Um, but so I have to get off my medicine and stuff. So I have to be out like a, like I have to be past a certain amount of time out from like my medicine. So I can't, I have to schedule it like at a certain time. Well, yesterday I like went on, there were a whole bunch of, um, uh, like Walgreens actually had like a whole bunch of locations. So I'm a, like have my, uh, the, my account or my Walgreens account or whatever. Yeah. And that's how you schedule it. Go on all that. Well, yesterday they didn't have any for like the week that I needed. Like I needed to go out farther and they only had like to the end yeah. of next week. And I need to go like out past that. So I was like, okay, well, they don't have it. They're not letting, like, they don't have the schedule up for that yet. So I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, let me go tomorrow. I'll check tomorrow. Like I'll check every day and do it. Um, they're already filled. There are no Walgreens now within a day that have a, a appointment available for the first vaccine. I was like, what? 
the hell. So okay. now I have to check every single day. Yeah. Did you see our mutual friend that I won't name, but you probably saw on Facebook, she drove to Hattiesburg with her mom. Yes. Yeah. yeah I did see that. And I actually yeah. told Linda that we might be making a day of it. Yeah. I'm bringing my butt yeah, up. Yeah, both of you go and like, see if you can both go. Well, I know your mom's not quite old enough yet. not of age yet. Yeah. <laughs> Linda's I mean, not of legal age yet. No, she's not, <laughs> she's not even really close to being legal. No, she yet. isn't, <laughs> she's not close at all, no. actually. No. Um, contrary to some people's body. I know, age. exactly. That's also an inside thing. Sorry, we're not going to name names, but somebody thought, exactly. or Linda, <laughs> was right. old enough to get the vaccine no my mom's old enough to get the yeah. vaccine your mom is not like, um no linda's like a spry little chicken over there right. she's healthier than i am <laughs> right it's <laughs> like absolutely not no, no. My, my poor mom is gonna be the last one in it because she's not old enough yet she doesn't have any conditions or health issues thank god like knock on wood she doesn't have any health con like concerns or issues or whatever her two kids are going to get it before her because we both have health issues yeah my mom got my mom and dad got theirs love it diane um, the first one and then my mom has asked me twice now so have you gotten yours <laughs> mom Diane. No, I am not a frontline worker, nor am I over 70. So I cannot, I cannot get this. Come on, Diane. She's so no. precious. Diane. Did you get yours? No. You're, you might not get yours until like June. It's going to be a while. For no, sure. It's going to be a hot second. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine because I can wear a mask. I know I can I know yeah. how to be safe. I'm happy to let other people go like who really need it go. Yeah. My only, my issue is, and I think that people didn't like I 100% frontline workers, oh, yeah. older people, like obviously like those people needed to go first and stuff. But I think yeah. that people should have thought through a little bit more for like, for me, I'm going to, this means I'm going to be off of my main medicine for like a month and a half, like almost yeah. two months because I can't, I have to, I can't take it until two weeks after my last dose. Like there isn't a time, which is good, but the time between the first dose and the, uh, the first shot and the second shot is not long enough for me to take, right. uh, like, uh, take my medicine and then have enough time in between that. And when I get the shot. So Basically, I have to be off, but now I'm not going to be on it at all because I don't want to take it and then a thing pop up, you know, an appointment pop up. So yeah. I don't know how they would have done that. Like, I don't know how they would have workshopped that differently for people yeah. that like in my position, because there are people that take like, I mean, I am very lucky that, you know, my autoimmune disease is not, you know, progressive. I only have one. Usually people that have autoimmune diseases get a couple of them. And, you know, once you have one, you're more prone to get more. And so you're on more medicine and like all of that. I am very lucky that I, that is not the case, but I were like, I'm worried about the people I know in the community that would have to be off of medication for a long time. And that's, you know, mm -hmm. when you have things like ankylospondylitis and like things like things like that that are just so intense I that's you know I, I feel like he has he has a lot of feelings about it <laughs> he's, he's sharing Hugo sharing his feelings <laughs> hold on well and I feel bad for like my my kids are not in person school at all we've been we kept them and we're going to continue to keep because my youngest wants to be able to see his grandmother occasionally and he can't go to school and go see her. Right. Um, I think personally they should add teachers to the list of frontline oh, workers. hundred percent. Cause the teachers have to be there, you know, and hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, obviously this is, you know, unprecedented and we, you know, yeah. have no, protocols or whatever but that it's like that sucks for the people that like you know like teachers should have been you know teachers should have been on with the frontline people um you grocery know, store workers yeah like that should have been another tier like that should have been yeah tier two or something tier two, whatever however it like goes. doctors and then yeah yeah 
So I don't know. Hopefully though, like they're learning like more about how to do all this and how to put a vaccine out there. And yeah, I read about this case. I, it was in Oregon or Washington state. I can't remember which one it was up uh, the Northwest. Um, their refrigerator went out at this clinic. So they oh, knew no. they had a window of like six hours to yeah. get all this stuff done before it was bad. So they just put out a call. It was the middle of the night. People showed up in their pajamas and they worked all night long and people came from all over. You didn't have to have any like reason, just you never had one before. Oh, wow. They, they got all of the vaccines out and used by people before they went bad. Oh, wow. That is, um, that's crazy. And that, I mean, that's, you know, lucky for some people. Cause you know, if you couldn't have gotten it before, right. You know, if you weren't in the right tier or you didn't have any. So I think our, the people doing the vaccine vaccinations are doing everything they can yeah. to maximize what they can it's do. Too, it's too much. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's just, but well, yeah. and also like, I won't say where I live or anything, but there, there's a, a parking lot next door near to my home. Mm-hmm. And yesterday there was a very large party in the parking lot. No. And I mean, like I, p- people were eating food and like my anxiety level yesterday was like, <laughs> that party is stressing me out. <laughs> like, so, that would have stressed me out. Too. Like, so please wear a mask. Just, I don't care if you gather, you're outside. That's cool. But please wear a mask, please. Or at least be like, if you're not going to wear a mask, like don't be close to people. Like yeah. spread, spread out. So worried the whole time. I was just like, you guys, please be safe. Please. I would have been too. Oh my God. <sighs> people, you know, I'm just like, the vaccine is coming. Can we all just like, I, I understand it sucks, but can we all just chill out until that happens? I know. Like, We're so close. We've made it so far, you know. Like my, my 30th birthday is about to be a fucking boring ass day. Because you're gonna have to redo it in the summer. Well, so my I I am turning 30. My cousin, who is like my sister, is turning 40. And my mom, she won't care that I'm saying this. My mom is turning 65. So their and their birthdays, um, Michelle's is in, oh God, Michelle, don't hate me. It's April or May. I can't remember right now. But uh, I think it's May. Um, and then my mom's is in June. So we said over the summer, we're going to have like a big, um, yes, big party for yeah. save it all, all up. Three and- of us. Yeah. We're going to have like a big, like to do kind of yeah. thing. Hoping too that my, my brother's redoing his house. So we're hoping maybe like by that time, the house will be nice and redone so we can have like a big old yeah. party. Um, yeah. For all three of us. Cause we have, right. I mean, she has like a close group of friends. I have a close group of friends. And so does my mom. Like we don't have like, like it wouldn't be like, we're not inviting, you know, the whole entire world kind of thing. So it would be a nice, like little yeah. thing. So I think we're going to do, we're going to do that instead. Um, I think Linda and I are going to get tattoos on my actual birthday. <laughs> uh, that's my plan for my birthday too. Yeah. We're going to get tattoos. Um, yeah. She's going to get, I think actually we're both getting, one um for my grandma again I have I mean most of my tattoos are for my grandma um which she probably you know I honestly I think she secretly loved it um because I made her write one I have say la vie on my um left wrist and my grandma used to say that all the time and I was turning 21 and I made her write it down. I was like, I want this in your handwriting. Cause you say it all the time. And so she was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't want you to get a tattoo. Like I, I you know, and I granted I had a tattoo by this time already. Like I already had one, but she was like, I'm not doing that. Blah, blah, blah. So I put a pen and a piece of paper in on our kitchen counter. And I said, when I get home from school, cause I was still in college. So like, when I get home from school, I expect you to have something written on that page. So I, I got home from school later that night and she had eight different versions of Aww. her handwriting. 
That's so sweet. I was like, oh, Lucille, she was so cute. Cause I mean, she was like, well, if I'm going to write it, I'm not going mean, to. And it's going to be on your body. It better right. look good. So. <laughs> so she was so, it was so funny, but yeah. So we're going to, we're going to do a little something, something for the loo and um, probably like go eat lunch or, or something like that. Yeah. But it's going to be low key. A couple of my friends wanted to know like what we were doing, but I have, it's funny. My friend groups are like, different pods like I only have I have a very small group of friends but like two are in this group two are in this group and like two are in that group kind of thing and so I don't want to combine them all because that's crossing yeah you no know, bubbles so it just sucks I mean I you know thought this birthday was going to be kind of it'll be good it, it, it's just going to be later than you yeah and I'm I'm hoping to um I have two bachelorette trips coming up in, in the fall like later once hopefully everything calms down and stuff yeah. but um uh yeah. let's go herd immunity <laughs> but, yeah but yeah so I'm hoping you know I'm still gonna have like times to like celebrate and one of my friends who's doing the bachelorette party she we're all turning 30 this year and so she wants it to be more of like we'll do bachelorette kind of things, but she wants it to be more of like, we're all like, you know, celebrating ourselves kind of thing. She also doesn't like attention on her, but we'll make it, we're going to make it funny. But so yeah, well, I'll celebrate. It just sucks. And then I see people celebrating like that. And it's like, just annoying. Cause I'm like, stop, I'm not doing anything. And this yeah. is a big birthday for me. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. So y'all need to chill. Yeah. Chill out. Well, how can, how can listeners chill out? Let me well, let's know our story today, Ash. I am Ooh. drinking a beer. I love it. Because um, I couldn't not have a little something while we, I talk about my subject matter today. Oh God. Do I need to grab a drink? All I have is water. <laughs> no, no, it's nothing. No, okay. I was listening to something and I got in, inspired to look into our two Dr. Johns. Oh, wait. We have two Dr. Johns. Do I know them? I didn't, I don't, I mean, I know the one Dr. John. Right. It's like he practiced a lot of voodoo rituals. <laughs> right. So we're going to talk about the original Dr. John first. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Dr. John we all know. Love it. Our I'm here for it. Yes. I am here for it. Yes. So the original Dr. John, his name was Dr. John Montanay, and he was um, a spiritualist in 19th century New Orleans. Okay. So he was born in Senegal in the early 1800s, um, and he was kidnapped at a young age by Spanish slavers and sold in Cuba. Okay. But what they didn't know is that he was uh, of nobility of the Bambara tribe and was in fact a crowned prince. What? So they could have like probably brought him back home. I don't know what kind of currency they had in Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Senegal, but he was a prominent person in Senegal. When yeah. He was they could have um, got some, some moolah for him. But I don't know if like Senegal, you know, at that time, Senegal, I don't know what their currency yeah, was. The, yeah. Well, um, who, it was probably whoever they were owned by. Was it yeah. England? What country? Yeah. Was it England? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Um, um, but anyway, so the Spaniards, they didn't care who he was. So they took off with him um, in chains and he was auctioned off, of course, to the highest bidder in Cuba. Hate that. Um, while there, he was taught to cook and eventually gained freedom, after which he took a job on a Spanish vessel as the ship's cook. Now, that to me, I'd be like, I want to get yeah. away from my shit. You're like, that didn't work out for me very well the first time. Right? <laughs> Maybe stay away from it. But you yeah. do you, original OG Dr. John. Right. So he got, he was very well liked and he became very successful uh, with sailors and, you know, being the chef. But eventually he decided to, you know, get back to land. So he sailed to New Orleans and made his home there. Love it. So cool. his first job was working on the wharves as a cotton roller, which supposedly was very physically demanding. Um, I can't even imagine like, 
that sounds horrible. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. What is that? I don't, I don't even know what it entails, but it doesn't sound fun. I couldn't find out what that meant exactly, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm just assuming is it when the cotton gets to you and it's like, you know, in those long, like thick thing, you know. I mean, so I, I'm imagining. Get it to that point. I'm imagining it's, is it raw cotton, like with all the sticks and stuff in it? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe yeah. that and they have, you have to take it out and then make it into those like, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Like the long. The hail. Yeah. 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 Oh. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, um, he gained a reputation as a fortune teller and he was able to tell the future by the markings on the bales of cotton. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Is it like tea leaves? I don't know. Is it like which way the wind's blowing? I don't know. I don't know, but he's a man. He's a Renaissance man, man of many talents. <laughs> well, what, what leads me this this leads me to believe that he's a very convincing person that he can convince people that he can tell the future by looking at the cotton right 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 um so both black citizens and some white citizens were paying him to tell their future i mean do what you gotta do to survive man right so he he became so skilled that he had enough money eventually to buy his own house oh shit. So he, here he was, a free person of color. Yeah. In the 1800s, Senegalese native originally. And he, here he is, he's got enough money now to buy his own home. That's pretty impressive. That's really impressive, yeah. Yeah, to go from cotton rolling, whatever that is. Well, to go from a slave, captured servant, slave person to then free himself, then get to New Orleans, then be a cotton roller, then tell fortune. <laughs> yeah, like that's a right that's a, a life map there for sure. Yeah. So he he his home was located along Bayou Road, which is a traditionally African American um right it's still like there's a lot of black owned businesses there now. Yeah. It's very historic. Um, uh, it was on the block bounded by Prior and Roman. Um, so I don't know exactly what's there right now, but that area is very historic for black owned businesses and black, um, homes. Um, so that kind of fits in with what was going on at that time. Yeah. He practiced herbal medicine and occult arts in addition to fortune telling. So I don't know what occult arts means. I know that, um, <laughs> Uh, Hitler was into the occult so I think it's like kind of I think it's a grab bag of just stuff. yeah it's like yeah like you it's not like I don't know it's a lot of stuff I don't know they always thought there's literally like documentaries about Hitler and his him being into the occult he was a weirdo I mean I mean he was fucking I mean, nuts ultimate, yeah he was on a lot of drugs but that's a whole we could go it's a whole uh -huh. number of another thing <laughs> right so some of the things that people would come to him for would be if you had romance problems Shout or out. you know unrequited love you know or you wanted more money you know the typical like pretty base desires he could help you out for that kind of thing um it said that uh, he was very handsome and he created a stir wherever he went. Um, according to historian Robert Talent, this is his quote, he soon became someone at whom people stared in the streets for he owned a carriage and pair as fine as any possessed by any white gentleman and a blooded saddle horse on which he rode through the streets attired in a garnish and elaborate Spanish costume. Later, he forsook all this for austere black and a frilly white shirt front and affected a beard. Interesting. I, I appreciate that they spent that much time on his attire. Must've been very noteworthy <laughs> to make that much. That so many he had a Spanish costume and then he had his white frilly shirt. <laughs> because he was so attractive, it was said that he had at least 15 wives. 15? And many children. 
which I can imagine if you had 15 wives, a lot of babies. So, (laughs) okay. (laughs) All right. I mean, like, were you actually, did you marry them? Yeah. Like how did that work? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of questions. Was there a ceremony for each of them? How did you marry all of them? Obviously that wasn't legal. So who was your legal wife? There, like right. that question. Where do they all live? That's a question that I have that pertains to nothing, but these are just my curiosities. I don't know. Um, but anyway, apparently his services were pretty expensive. Um, so when you went to him, like you it. paid pretty penny. He also he had, had fifteen wives. To exactly, take care of. he had to support all those wives. So. Not a baby. Uh, I mean, Jesus. At some point, he teamed up with Marie Laveau to sell potions and charms. I was going to say, I'm like, this This smells like Marie Laveau would be real into this situation. And I was wondering if she was going to come into play. <laughs> apparently, he was kind of her mentor a little bit. Interesting. And he taught her about the Greek and some um, herbs and medicinal things, like plants and things. So they kind of teamed up and helped each other out, I'm sure. I have a feeling because of Marie Laveau's connection as a hairdresser and the way she conducted herself, her clients were probably a little bit different than his. Yeah. What I gather, a lot of women would go to Dr. John for love help. I mean, yeah, I would, I mean, if he was that attractive, they were probably going, hoping they could be wife number 16. Right, exactly. <laughs> Whereas Marie Laveau was more like, I don't know, just kind of a badass. She was a badass, yeah. and, but she also had a, like, sh- her clients were like the wealthy Creole yeah. and, and white men because, yeah, that, well, we already talked about her. She's episode yeah. three. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four. I don't know. We've had, a, we've had a lot of these episodes. <laughs> I can't remember. Right. But yeah. She's in the beginning. Go, go listen about her. It said that he also sold charms, hair tonics. Like hair tonic. Like I to don't, grow your hair. I don't know. To help your hair. Lottery I mean, advice. More like a, like, like a Marie Laveau thing. <laughs> right. I know. He gave lottery advice and I was like, did they have the lotto back then? Like what? I believe the lottery was like, I think it's pretty old. Really? I think it is. Let me, let me Goog. Let me give it a Goog. How old is the lottery? I'm like, you got scratch offs back in the 1800s? Well, it just says the Louisiana lottery is started in the 90s but I mean no I mean like the actual lottery right I yeah it's probably not the specific Louisiana lottery right okay well this is not helpful none of this is helpful sorry I thought I would have an answer everyone I've failed you okay anyway um uh, many of the Americans because um New Orleans at this time was a mix of Spanish people French people Creole people people from the Caribbean and the Americans. Um, and if you know, uh, like Esplanade, the street in New Orleans, that's where the French people lived. And then like St. Charles Avenue is where the American white people lived kind of thing. And they kind of like had different neighborhoods. So um, some of the Americans called him Devil John. Devil John, okay. They did not trust him. Well, um, and then historian left Lefkadio Hearn. I always have trouble with his name. That's an intense name. Could you imagine trying to spell that in kindergarten? No, Lefkadio. That's all. That's how. That's the first thing I think when I hear a name. I'm like, how did you work this out as a five year old? (laughs) I don't know where that name even worked out for you. But anyway, he he describes him as. A person who he always carried two small bones wrapped around with a black string, which bones he really appeared to revere as fetishes. So he's had these bones in his hands or around his person. Um, I don't like the word fetish. It makes me, yeah, it weirds me out a little bit. 
Like yeah. you can have like more power to anyone that has one, but it just, that particular word, it just weirds me out a little bit. And he was known by many names. So in his obituary, he was listed as John Montanet or Jean Montanet, Jean Lafisselle, Jean Latinet, Jean Racine, Jean Grigri. Okay. John Macaque. Macaque. John... Oh, okay. <laughs> John Bayou or Voodoo John or Bayou John or Dr. John. Oh. So how did he come? It's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. I feel like that's an identity crisis. Right. I don't know. And his obituary said that um, he was the last really important figure of a long line of wizards or witches whose African titles were recognized and who exercised an influence over the colored population. That's from his obituary. I mean, see, so he was widely known. Yeah. Seems like he was. He was widely known. That was from Har That was published in Harper's Weekly. So oh, he wow. was known like um, Marie Laveau. He was known outside of yeah. New Orleans as this person, a powerful figure. That's crazy. So he lived to be 84, which is pretty dang old. For back then, yeah. He passed away in 1885. 1880, okay. And he had an estate valued at $12,000 at his death, which was a lot of money. That is a lot of money. It says that he died of Bright's disease. What is that? I don't know what that is. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, sorry, he sounds like, um, I'm trying, I was trying to look it up too, but he's, it sounds like, um, the guy from princess and the frog, uh, Dr. Facilier. Yes. He said like, yeah. it sounds like they might've, I was trying to like find if like what they based him off of, um, right. But I but, can't find. But I don't think he was sh shady. Like he, I think he was. Yeah, he developed a persona and kind of went with it, and and it worked out for him. <laughs> um, so that is the original Doctor John. That's awesome. So now we know Doctor John, the musician who recently passed away. Right. He took his stage name from this original Doctor John. Love that. So um, Dr. John is, his original name is Mac Rebenack. Yeah. He was born in New Orleans in uh, 1941. Um, his parents, uh, his father ran an appliance shop, fixing radios mm -hmm. and selling records. Mm -hmm. um, he found early musical ins inspiration from the records that his dad would listen to. So he was exposed to jazz, and um, really liked King Oliver and Louis Armstrong. So, you know, he was always surrounded by music. Um, when he was 13, he met Professor Longhair mm -hmm. um, and he was impressed by Professor Longhair's kind of flamboyant musical style. So he kind of took inspiration and even more from that. Yeah. He wrote his first song when he was 14. Whoa. Not realize. I did not realize that either. Yeah, he started um, performing with Art Neville, um, Alan Toussaint, Professor Longhair when he was a kid. And at 16, he started working for um, Ace Records. Okay. So he, he's so that's, I didn't realize. I mean, he's obviously a musical genius. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, he nearly lost a finger. I think you know this story. Prior to a show, a motel manager was, I don't know why this makes me laugh. It's not funny. Prior to a show, a motel manager was pistol whipping Mac's longtime friend and lead vocalist, Ronnie Barron, over a tryst that Barron was having with his wife. Um, with the Dr. motel John, person's wife? Yeah. Oh, Dr. God. John stepped in and the man shot, nearly taking off his ring finger. Oh, shit. They saved his finger, but it healed crooked. 
And so it, he couldn't play the guitar any with any success. So he tried to switch to the bass for a while and then gave up and went onto the piano. Well, I mean, that's where he was supposed to be, so. Right, exactly. So it kind of worked out, I guess, in the end. That's crazy. <laughs> um, he got involved with drugs in New Orleans at a young age. I mean. He was selling narcotics and running a brothel. Our doctor, I mean, like the now Dr. John ran a brothel? Apparently. I did not know that. And that's kind of hysterical. He was arrested on drug charges and sentenced to two years in federal correctional institution in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, which he served until 1965. Interesting. So he was in jail for a short time. Um, every time he'd come back to New Orleans, he just kept getting into trouble. So finally he moved to Los Angeles, <laughs> I think at the hope that it would be better for him. Uh, how did that work out <laughs> i don't know i think it follows you so i don't think it's new orleans i don't know if it's the city or if it's no. you <laughs> and i don't know if la is the place to go to try to get away from trouble especially right, exactly. like, what was this in the late 60s early 70s at this point right exactly yeah. Definitely. So he was always fascinated by voodoo and he and his friend came up with the idea that his friend was going to play Dr. John, the doc character of Dr. John on stage okay. and Mac Rebenak would be behind him. Um, so, but it, something happened and his friend dropped out. And so Mac Rebenak took over the role and identity of Dr. John and then history was made yeah so his debut album released in 1968 Gree Gree became his whole persona yeah from then on love it but I think it's funny that he wasn't gonna play that role okay, yeah behind the scenes which I think I mean obviously I am a full believer that like maybe not your whole life is determined already but like there's a lot like you're supposed to be a certain thing in a certain place with certain people like all of that I definitely believe in like that kind of thing and I feel like if he wouldn't have gotten his finger blown off you know he maybe never would have like tried the piano or like I mean I'm sure he tried the piano before that and like you know it, it was fine but you know wouldn't have stuck with the piano and then it's like if he wouldn't have had this like friend that you know like obviously that was what he was supposed to be in his life like that was right. like the fates knew what was supposed to happen that's crazy right. I know so he took he took his jazz background and combined it with rhythm and blues psychedelic rock and all these things and his he created stage shows that would incorporate voodoo religious ceremony practices um voodoo chants it said that he would spray glitter on the audience, which would be annoying to me. I mean, I'm all right with it. Um, you uh, can spray worse things on an audience. I mean, I just want to get glitter in the eye because that hurts. Um, there were, <laughs> I've done that. Uh, they had snakes. They had something called Gree Gree Dancers. And for a while, that sounds he like had, something our one of our sports teams dance like people would be like the dancers with the Greek or yeah <laughs> for a while he had a man named Prince Kiyama who toured with him and during his stage show would bite the head off a live chicken and drink the blood no thank you well that got them into some trouble yeah leave that to Ozzy Osbourne Let yeah him have that <laughs> but all of that being said, I would have loved to have been at one of those original shows. Original? Oh my God. One of the original. Oh my God. hundred percent. I can't imagine. You know, you know, I don't like to go to a concert unless I'm entertained. Right. You have to entertain me. Yeah. I need glitter, snakes, free dancers, and then I'm there. Yes. I could have dealt with like not seeing the chicken get its head bent on yeah i don't know about that part but that part i could have lived i can live without yeah but the rest of it i'm here for it the showmanship yeah. here yeah for it dr john our dr john um is what i'm calling him 
<laughs> he was married twice. And according to the New York Times, he said he had, quote, a lot of children. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, okay, then. <laughs> I don't know. At least he didn't have 15 wives. Yeah. It's a lot, that's a lot easier to keep track of just two. It leads me to believe, does he know how many? Did he? Is he guessing? I mean, I'm gonna go with, he lived a real loose life and yeah. you know, the potential is, is the number's endless. Listen, I know, and if you were uh, his, the mother of one of his children, you. There's a reason you were attracted to him. So, uh, and it wasn't because you knew he was going to be yours forever and ever. Probably. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I think if you looked at Dr. John and was like, I'm that's my soulmate. I think you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to check yeah. yourself before you wreck yourself. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Um, some fun facts, of course, he wrote and sang the jingle for Popeye's chicken. Love that chicken. Love that chicken for Popeye's. Um, he, uh, Bonnaroo Music Festival takes its name from his 1974 album, Destively Bonnaroo. Is that how you say that? Not a clue. Decidedly. Not a clue. I don't know. I anyway, it. it comes from his album. You guys, I know everyone's yelling at me right now. <laughs> um, he was inspired, uh, the, he inspired the character Dr. Teeth in the Muppets Electric Mayhem Band. You know, the guy that plays the piano? Oh, yeah. That's Dr. John. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, he won six Grammy Awards and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, in March of 2011. Um, in 2013, he received an honorary doctorate of fine arts from Tulane University. Nice. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, so he literally, he's Dr. 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 John. <laughs> <laughs> or he could go by a new stage name at that point, Dr. Mac. Right. He could have, he could have switched it up a little. Yeah. And then unfortunately on June 6, 2019, he died of a heart attack. So, and we were, we were having hors d'oeuvres. We were having a little we were. champagne happy hour when we found out it came on I our know. phone. 2019, we lost a lot of people in 2019. So yeah, yeah. that was, that was real sad. I think, I think all of New Orleans kind of shed a tear that day. For sure, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, so here we have two Dr. Johns living in very different times. Very different. <laughs> but both were very magical people. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. I've seen, I mean, I've seen Dr. John play a, a good amount of times and um, it, it, yeah, it was magical. And I think it's funny too, that like, even when someone gets like older and maybe doesn't like sound necessarily the the same it's still like it was like because I, I remember seeing him probably one of the last times he was at jazz fest and it was it was a little touch and go I was like there's some we're having some some issues here yeah but yeah. you know it was still like that was Dr. John it was so magical like everybody that's one of the things I love about Jazz Fest is because everyone there just appreciates music so much. And so when you're all sitting there sharing this experience, like the whole thing is magical. But even though he maybe not have been like on his A game, it was still awesome. Oh, everyone's happy to be there. Yeah. Still, right. And still uh, like yeah. full on. And he was still his like cheeky little self and like, you know, like talking to the crowd and stuff. But yeah, he, he's a, he was a pretty, and you could tell too, I think like you could just tell how like much of a musical like genius he was and like, yeah, it, it was, he's, he was pretty, he was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the common thread obviously is New Orleans and it just produces these like amazing people 
continually. Yeah. I mean, I'm always fascinated by the history of this place and the legacy that these culture bearers have yeah. given us, you know, all the things that they've given us. So definitely. And I, yeah. And I, I, um, I get a little, it's funny. I get a little nervous sometimes, like just as we grow more into like a technology focused kind of thing and you know, all that, I'm afraid that like people are going to take like the magic of new Orleans and kind of like dilute it. And, and, you know, just kind of, I don't know, like kind of take the magic out of it, but I'm hoping people, and I, I see this a lot in like tank and the bangas and mm-hmm. like EJ Morton and stuff and like everything that they're doing as new Orleanians and for new Orleans, I'm, I, is hope I'm hoping that there's enough people to preserve it to like drown out the people that are going to like try to take, you know, the, the essence of it and just ruin it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense, but like, that's just my fear is like, as, cause I feel like, especially, I mean, I was not alive at these times, but like in the sixties and the seventies, I think the whole thing was like, they were, all of these people were like kind of mysterious because you didn't right. see them. It's not like, you know, Dr. John or like Janice Joplin or something that was on TV all the time or like on your phone that you could just go and like look them up on Instagram or something. Like, I think that was part of this like allure that, you know, they had this like mystical whatever. And, and that's like what Dr. John had and what New Orleans has and, you know, all that. And I just, I'm, I am afraid that technology is going to kind of ruin that, but I'm hoping there's enough people Big Frida, Tank and the Bangas, like preserving the great parts of like our culture and our music and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, I love that you brought up Tank and the Bangas because their sound is so uniquely theirs. Yes. And I think that's what the history of New Orleans music is uniqueness and yeah. um, embracing the weird and, you know, doing something that's a little bit different. And yeah. they're yeah. such a good example of that. In a joyful way, too. In a great, yeah, in a, in a great, great way, and um, yeah, I'm glad that they're getting more notoriety too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, PJ, like you said, PJ Morton, always big Frida is amazing, but all, all the other Frida, all of the other bounce artists that you know are still doing their thing, and you know, yeah. you know, yeah. But I, yeah, Dr. John was one of those one-of-a-kind kind of people that don't come around a whole lot a whole lot I mean just such a unique sound like you hear his voice and you're like oh that's Dr. John obviously I mean it was like he ate gravel before yeah. he sang it was wonderful yeah. yeah so anyway we're I'm hoping that um you know we're gonna have we've already talked about this enough we don't have to go into it but the festival is in the fall oh i hope so yeah fingers crossed so that we can get these musicians working again because i know they're all yeah suffering yeah truly and um i just we need the original dr john to give us some voodoo blessings yeah yeah original og dr john needs to give put some good juju grigri down on, on the city. Hopefully yeah. we can get it together. I know. Cause I need, I need my jazz fest, man. I need it. I will, I will say I'm excited. And we've said this before. I'm excited to see how it is in the fall and how yeah. different it is. I mean, I know they're not going to permanently move it to the fall cause yeah. it's always been the same time for ever. Um, but at least I won't be sweating my nads off when <laughs> I'm watching whoever's playing. I mean, that Voodoo Fest hasn't made an announcement yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to do their thing too. So then we have French Quarter Fest, Jazz Fest, Voodoo Fest all in a row. That's- well, and Buku is in there too. Right. So it's French Quarter Fest, Jazz Fest, Jazz Fest, Buku. Voodoo. Voodoo Fest. Yeah. All in October. That's crazy. I also have, that's when my two bachelorette trips and one wedding is. <laughs> You're going to be exhausted. I'm going to be exhausted. Ex- <laughs> I'm tired just thinking about it. Like just actually, thinking about it. 
I was just thinking about, I don't know, it was something, I was watching a fashion show, a, a thing about fashion. Yeah. And I was remembering my clothes that I used to wear. <laughs> I, what are clothes? My uniform is jeggings yeah. and this gray hoodie. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go through my closet and remember that I have clothes. Yeah. I've worn the same two leggings for the past 10 months. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I need to reacquaint myself with my clothes. <laughs> oh yeah, I do have it's something other than Hello, I remember you. <laughs> oh yes. On that <laughs> note. <laughs> I do have clothes. Do you miss your clothes? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that a lot of people always have a lot to say about Dr. John. We'd love to hear it. The OG or mac um whichever whichever one um tickles you fancy but um yeah you can reach out to us bigeasyspirits at gmail.com bigeasyspiritspodcast.com we also have a contact thing there um if you don't want to give us your email actually i think it asks for your email so never mind you got to give us your email either way <laughs> um, or find us on social media at big easy spirits on facebook and instagram and go on apple follow us subscribe apple spotify google too i'm not entirely sure how google podcast works but like us rate us do all that shenanigans send a comment on there let us know rate us higher let other people know about us Let's, let's get those, those new followers, man. Um, shout out to the like two people in Poland that, um, <laughs> that listened to us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so let us know. Um, and on that note, cheers. Cheers. <laughs>